to Stories from the Cave. This is a show about having, caring for, and relating to our wombs and our unis. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Anya. I want to say a couple things before we dive in about language. The English language is limited and it's imperfect in a lot of ways, so just want to clarify a few things. The first is that when I talk about female reproductive system, I want to acknowledge that that's imperfect and I know not everyone's going to use it to reproduce and I honor that. The second thing is that there are many words to refer to different parts of the female reproductive system. So there's vagina, vulva, yoni, pussy, womb, uterus, many more. Each of these words refers to anatomically different parts of the system and they each carry their own energy and have their own meaning. But for the purposes of this show, we're just going to say that they're all valid and use them slightly interchangeably. I just told my guests to use whatever words feel right to them. The next thing I'm going to say is that the intention is for this show to be as inclusive as possible. We're going to talk about the emotional, the spiritual, the physical, as well as the energetic aspects of having a yoni, of having a womb, and different people are going to resonate with different parts of that. So this is a show that centers the experiences and the stories of yoni-bodied people. But anyone is welcome to listen. I asked my guests to use gender-inclusive language, and sometimes people forgot and sometimes people say woman and then make a more sweeping statement and I didn't always edit this out because sometimes I think what they go on to say is still really meaningful so listener if you are able to when this happens if you want to just switch it in your mind to female bodied people or yoni bodied people um, because this show is focused on the experiences of people with female bodies, and I recognize and honor that that doesn't always overlap with women. So this show is a collection of clips from interviews. I interviewed a a handful of people, and they each got to select from about 10 questions and decide which ones they were most attracted to answering. Uh, They were told that nothing is too weird, too much, or not enough. So you're really going to hear a whole range of answers, and I ask you to try and listen with an open mind. You'll hear my voice sharing thoughts and asking questions throughout, and then at the end I'll share my own stories. There is an ebook that accompanies this show, this show is story based and the ebook is going to be more informational and um, just go a little deeper and have a lot of resources. So there's a link for that in the show notes. Additionally, there will be a fundraiser linked up in the show notes. All funds raised from this podcast will go to three organizations around the country working on menstrual justice and reproductive justice for black as well as low-income female-bodied people in this country. 
You'll hear more about that and why that's important at the end. So to help you get in the space to listen, I will be guiding a brief embodiment exercise. The first thing I will ask you to do is rest your hands on your low belly. If your hands are not free, you can just imagine. Begin to take some deep belly breaths. Feel your hips, your pelvic bones, your sits bones, your seat. You can shift your weight back and forth a little bit gently. Feel your center. feels good to you, you can make a sound on your next exhale. Filling the belly with breath. Filling your womb space with breath. don't have a womb space or if it's your preference, fill your navel, your breast scar. Orient to the fact that we all came from a womb. Feel this space, either the one you have or the one you came from. yourself begin to visualize it maybe as a safe dark cave deep in the earth if another visual surfaces instead or if something else feels more safe you can go with that you can continue sending breaths here
to, I invite you to visualize all of us in a big, very comfortable cave. Each of us connected to our seats, to our centers, ready for story time, ready to receive. Each of the folks in this circle today will be reflecting on their relationships to their wombs and their yonis. And as they do, if you have a wombs, a womb space, a yoni, I invite you to do the same. So here we are. Let's dive in. So my name is Rinwa Yassinen. I'm in Vancouver and I'm an antidisciplinary artist and an embodiment teacher. Hi, my name is Izzy. I am a student. Um, I am, I use she, her pronouns, female identifying. Oh, yeah. My name is Kennedy and I live right now in central North Carolina um, in URE. Um, land which is um, also called Lake Tillery and um, yeah I am a tarot card reader um, and I host an artist residency. My name is Sarah Dwyer and I live in New Zealand so right up the top of New Zealand in the warmest place you can be up here. Um, and I teach the synthesis method, so a method of contradiction and conception, and in essence, it's just about learning your unique cycle um, and um, and using it however you want to getting more in touch with your body. I'm Shelley Willette. I recently graduated from college and am now pursuing an apprenticeship with an energy healing modality called angelic earth resonant based in prescott arizona and yeah that's a start of who i am my name is isabella devito brown i live in boston i'm a student and i'm anya's lifelong best friend so hello my name is vicky or victoria um whichever you prefer listener and I am a human person and I am having an experience and it is the journey and the thrill of a lifetime to be here with you now <laughs> so thank you for having me just one more guest who chose to remain anonymous. So now that all the guests have introduced themselves, without further ado, let's hear some stories from the cave. I want to start with sharing a story um, because I feel like it's uh, relevant. But so um, I was raised an earth-based spirituality, which is like 
uh, neo hippie uh, like mom pagan tradition and she gave me a first blood ceremony um, when my blood came <laughs> and um, she is like very much a event planner and like loves parties and um, I am the baby of my family and so um, it can lean into like being the center of attention very easily so it worked out that um, she wanted to throw a huge party um, for me <laughs> and um, like I'm talking like crescent moon ice sculpture and like oh my god it was like maybe like a hundred women there um, or like people who identify as women and it, it was profound um, and like she like you know let me pick out my outfit and like I was 13 I think or 14 like kind of, and I like picked out these like beige high heels like in this like tight pink dress and I was like feeling myself like you know like stepping into this um I don't know body and um it's really interesting uh I didn't like appreciate so much like the ritual of it at the time um like we all circled up and like the um older people there like shared about their first blood and um i had all my peers there too and um i'm friends with a lot of them still and like some of them like all of the ones that i still talk to like remember this like event um and so like in a lot of ways like it wasn't really about me um it was about having a story um you know in support of i don't know like having a womb and like experiencing um something that is like been taught to be shameful and um like some sanitation you know thing and um it's not like it's like a very like spiritual thing so i completely left like um my spiritual background um for many years and then like just recently in my 20s and now I'm um, in my early 30s um came back to it and like I needed to leave you know because like how kids have to rebel but um and like it kind of sucks that like that's what I had to rebel against but um coming back to it it's it's like I have that story and like you know I don't know that love and support um that like is stored like in my womb like that ritual was like this nourishing like blood giving experience you know that like I shed every month and you know it's just like I don't know important I think to like share like in our generation um like people are still uh celebrating the uterus and the womb um 
And that's really affected like my relationship to that part of my body. So I absolutely love this and think it is such an incredible and inspiring story. I asked Kennedy how she feels like having this type of upbringing affected her and her relationship with her womb today. You know, it, I think it was really important to have that because, um, you know, like, especially at that age, there's so much other infiltrations occurring um, in socialization that are incredibly impactful. And um, like having that counter to that, I think was really important, but also like I didn't escape um, shame <laughs> and like, um, you know, I was still a teenage um, femme and like dealing with like a lot of hate, self-hatred and like all of this stuff. And um, so looking back, it's like, you know, when, when, when and if like I decide to create life in my womb, like navigating, um, celebrating uh, like my children and how they want to like celebrate their bodies and stuff like that. I think um, I'm happy to have had the experience so that like I know like that I can pass it on if it feels right. I also felt curious to ask Kennedy if she felt any shame or embarrassment about inviting her peers to this type of event? My mom had a girls group um, that she ran um, and we would like create sacred space and like call in the directions and like witness each other and sharing and stuff like that. So um, I wasn't embarrassed to have all of them there. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I didn't invite anybody from school. Okay, gotcha. Which was a, a different peer group. And right. um, so, yeah, like I did have that mm -hmm. separation of like, it's safe in this circle, but like, I don't think they would understand, yeah. you know? This bitch is like, why'd you put a little metal in your knee? Because <sighs> you were a regular, rude. Maybe you shouldn't have just had periods every two weeks. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. What is it like for me to have a womb? I don't know. I guess, I don't know if I've ever really put any thought into it. It's just something that I was born with. Um, that being said, I have had a lot of issues with my womb. Um, I've had super irregular periods my entire life. So I think for a long time I was, I don't know frustrated about having to deal with that and it was a very like a huge annoyance and uh there was a scare that I had a cyst um that I would have had either to get removed or at my one of my ovaries removed that's fun um I didn't though but you know I was like 16 and dealing 15 and dealing with having periods every two weeks or not for six months and it was crazy and I tried every birth control pill and it didn't work and um yeah so I don't know if I've always had the best relationship with my womb because she's kind of been a finicky bitch and while we are grateful for what she does 
and I respect her desires to be a disaster as a part of my body. Um, it was really annoying. It's really annoying, like not having any predictability and, you know, um, you know, every, every, like most women who have a womb that I speak to, um, like really honor it, you know, like you, for example, like you're so like in touch with it and like, it's all spiritual. And for me, it was just this like thing that just kept getting in the way of my life. I also, I like, I also have a lot of anxiety around my womb. Um, low-key family secret but it's really hard for my family to have children um at least my mom and her sisters have had a really hard time with it and um i have a very i i would like to raise a child i would not necessarily raise a child i would like to grow a human being inside of me um raising a child is a different thing because like i would be incredibly willing to adopt or foster children or whatever because that like I want to be a mother but a huge thing is I've always like I want to grow something inside of me I want to know what that's like I want to like be able to you know experience this whole thing um and I have an innate fear that I won't be able to or that um you know there's like I, I feel this clock this imaginary clock ticking and then like there's all of these like double like these questions of like what happens if I'm like not married? What happens if I, you know, can't do it? What happens if it's not my eggs, but my uterus being inhospitable, like all of these things, you know? Um, so that's like a weird thing that just like comes up every now and again. As yeah. another one of those things where like, as I said, she's a finicky bitch, which is fine, but like would prefer a little bit more consistency, but you know. Yeah. I also think like, I mean, stress, I know that like for me and I think for a lot of womb bearers, I'm going to say that. I like that womb bearers, you know, I think <laughs> that seems right to me. I like that vibes. Anyways. Um, yeah. I think a lot of womb bearers that I've spoken to, at least like they stress is like a huge thing that like fucks with people's periods and stuff like that. And like, um, I also think like, you know, we used to have periods based off the moon cycle. It's a thing. We did. History. We were connected to the moon. We were connected to the ocean. It's not like a spiritual, like that's, it's not spiritual, it's facts, right? And I think that in my opinion, given that we're so, I feel like a lot of people are out of touch with nature and don't like go and spend time and we're in abodes and we're surrounded by electricity and we're surrounded by all of these things. And I think that that like messes it up a lot um, because like our cycle should technically be connected to the moon, but it's not because of all of these other like things that are interacting with our ability to connect to like the world and like the, na the nature that did exist at one point, if that makes sense. Personally, my relationship to my womb and to my yoni are very connected. Um, almost as if I relate to them as if they're one and the same or just a whole system. In this interview, I was reminded that that isn't the case for everybody. Not everybody who has a vagina does have a uterus and not everybody who has a uterus does have a vagina. Um, 
and there are people who have both that just have really different relationships with each of them. Because my womb and my vagina are two different things. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. my vagina, yeah. yeah, I love, I don't know if I love having that. I don't know. I think love is a strong word. I, um, I don't really care too much about the way that my body look like exists like I don't think it really matters in the be all end all that being said my vagina is pretty she popping you know um so it's always been like pretty good pretty standard I've never I've never come across an issue with it you know I orgasm easily and yeah I mean I never have to deal with getting kicked in the balls so that's always a perk I think if more people, if there had been at, like more women who I had spoken to who had been like, yeah, my period is also fucking janky and yeah, like she doesn't do what she wants. And so I got an IUD, I would have been like way more like comfortable because I just felt like something was like, I just kind of felt like something was wrong with me, you know? And I just like, I didn't understand because there is no explanation. Like I, they were like, well, maybe you have a cyst, but I don't, you know what I mean? Um, so they're actually, like, literally, I, I, there's nothing wrong with my thyroid. There was nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with me. So it kind of feels appropriate to say that I have a complicated relationship with my womb. Um, and I think I'll start out just by mentioning that a couple weeks ago, I was having a polarity session, which is... Um, um, a body work that works with the meridians of the body and the five elements of Chinese medicine. And um, the practitioner was at my feet and he was working on basically the, uh, the uterus and like the cervix and where my eggs are in that whole area. And um, he just like applied not very much pressure, but enough that I just felt how much this part of my body is neglected and how much of um, kind of like a lack of a real relationship I have to this part of my body. And um, yeah, and I, uh, it was just, there was so much pain. Um, and I felt the pain in my uterus too, while he was pressing these spots and um, and then uh, there was so much, there was like so much bundled up pain and frustration there. And I want to say that there was grief, but it almost feels more accurate that there was just a lot of um, disconnect. And I'm sure that there was grief there too. But um, I just wept and wept. I just started crying and I was like crying for the fact that I you know, I am a woman who has never, um, I'm a person who has never um, had any like physical sexual trauma or anything like really serious happen to that part of my body, but I'm just a regular woman in the 21st century. And there's so much pain here. And like, God, I don't know, it's just, so sad to me that we're walking around so disconnected from this um, aspect of our bodies that um, kind of um, as anybody with with a womb and a uterus and a vagina 
that this part of our bodies holds so much of uh, um, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be too grand sweeping here in my statements, but from my personal experience holds um, an incredible amount of, of power and like connection to my whole self. And it's like we're walking around cut in half kind of without connection to this part of our body. And um, yeah, and I also kind of recently just had an experience where I was meditating on my womb and I felt my grandmother in there and I felt her tremendous grief and sadness and pain and um, realized that I was carrying my grandmother's pain in my womb and um, was like, boy, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> unraveling that. And yeah, so I'd say it's kind of a complicated relationship, but I also feel like I have a budding relationship with my womb. Um, and I've heard time and time again that the womb is a portal to other dimensions and that it's it's a portal to the rest of the universe. And I will say that I, uh, you know, thought that that was wonderful, but I didn't have any direct experience with that um, until one day um, in meditation, I was just had my hands on my womb and was just um, breathing into that to this space and it was like I like slipped through a tunnel and I just like w walked into the closet of in Narnia and it was like I accidentally found like the doorway inside my womb that leads to the rest of the universe and uh, it was like wow <laughs> um, yeah, this place is a portal and there is um, truly like a tunnel that goes all the way to the stars. It was like I walked through a tunnel and then I was in like outer space. I was in the vast cosmos and everything was um, beautiful and eternal. It was like an ocean that never ends and uh, yeah, so it was kind of like I accidentally like stumbled onto the portal within my womb. And I um, have been kind of cultivating that um, awareness deeper and deeper in my meditations. And um, because I have to say for most of my life, like my entire life, I never even thought about having a womb. I was like, do I not technically have a womb until I have a child in there? Yeah, I didn't know, but um, yeah, it feels like coming home. It feels like a warm mother. It's like this warm, loving mother who knows me and has always known me to my deepest core. It's like coming home to a part of my body that I, I like didn't know that was ever there. So yeah, I, I do think the womb is a stargate and a portal and um, I'm looking forward to being able to explore this relationship more and more throughout my life.
I think I, just to, to touch in again on how much it feels like, like the, like a bud, like a budding, a very budding relationship um, that feels like I've just touched the very like tip of the iceberg of having a relationship with my womb and like making it, um, yeah, I guess this, well, no, never mind. Too out there. <laughs> like the prospect of becoming a mother someday, maybe, um, really like is a big force in wanting to really heal this part of my body and um, have a relationship with it that is um, really pure and clear, so. Yeah. And I was also just gonna, I know you know the piece about how we were all like as an egg in our grandmother's wombs. But on that, um, it makes sense that you said that you experience your grandmother's womb trauma from that very physical perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I kind of like, I don't know, I felt like. Um, like she was so separate from me and it was just I, it was like very humbling to feel how much she is carried on through me and how um, I have I have the like the ability to help her maybe somehow vicariously so yeah that's really cool. So this, uh, I just want to share a quote from Clarissa Pincola Estes, Dr. Estes, um, the wonderful, um, from her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype, which I think goes along with this topic very nicely. Um, and that is, it is in this light that the wildish woman can inquire into the numinosity of her own body and understand it not as a dumbbell that we are sentenced to carry for life, not as a beast of burden, pampered or otherwise, who carries us around for life, but as a series of doors and dreams and poems through which we can learn and know all manner of things. In the wild psyche, body is understood as a being in its own right, one who loves us, depends on us, one to whom we are sometimes mother, and who sometimes is mother to us. Amen. Um, well, my womb, it's funny because honestly, my womb kind of feels like a hidden superpower to me. Like, it's a part of my body that I'm aware of, but I feel like it's like a, it feels like a level I haven't unlocked yet. You know, like it's there but and I'm aware of it but I don't it feels very foreign in a way because it's like I said like it's just this part of me that like I don't have much interaction with um and I think like I usually associate the idea of like womb as like this might sound like old and sexist even but like I the thought of a womb is like it's like to create life like I feel like my womb is there for to create like another being um 
which I realize not everyone feels that way, but that's just how I feel about money. That it's like this, like it's gonna when I finally like quote unquote unlock it, it'll be like I've reached this other part of adulthood and this other part of like manifesting my power as a female because I think of womb and I think of like creating life. Um, whereas like my vagina, on the other hand, is like this endless battle <laughs> because um. You is know, it an endless battle? Yes. <laughs> um, it's not to say that I don't have a good relationship with mine, but it's, I think about like birth control and my period and like these things where it's like, it's like a good friend that you constantly have, you're constantly getting into little arguments with um, because every once in a while she'll do something that I'm just like, what are you doing? Why is that happening? <laughs> Why do we have cramps right now? <laughs> And, um, yeah, so it's kind of a funny, I feel like there's, like, a separation in my head between, like, my womb and then, like, the external that I, like, actually have to interact with on a daily basis. It's both empowering and also makes me feel immensely vulnerable. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I take a lot of power in my femininity which I associate with my vagina personally. Um, but I also, like I said, it can make me feel very vulnerable. Um, and especially like in regards to sex, like it's one of those parts of me where I feel very protective over it. And also like, I want to share it. And that is like a very vulnerable way of being. There's power and vulnerability, but it can also be scary. For me, I feel like my vagina is something I really had to advocate for because when it came to my birth control, um, it was a rough road finding the right birth control. And I feel like people didn't always believe me. Um, and so I really had to sort of protect that part of my body in that way and really fight for, no, I know what's right for me. I know what I need and this is the care that I need. So, yeah, kind of, like I said, like a friend and like a part that it's like a friend that needs a lot of support <laughs> that you've got to really look after and make sure it's doing well. And it's funny because I, I've realized, I've come to realize I think I do a lot of disassociates with my own system. Like there's, I feel like parts of me that I'm still really learning about. Um, and it's this funny, like, balance of feeling protective over it which also can make me shy away from it but also feeling like a need to have a relationship with it even if it's difficult um I feel like there's a lot of cultural factors that play into my relationship with my body that I'm having to sort of dismantle and figure out like you don't need to feel that way about that. Like, it's totally normal that, like, I used to feel really embarrassed when I would buy period products or, like, any sort of, like, female self-care. I was always, like, kind of, like, I feel like I had to hide it. And now I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, you have a, you're a female with a female body. Like, that's completely natural and normal. And, like, of course you should take care of it. So, I'm learning to have a relationship with it and I'm hoping that like over time it doesn't feel so much like a battle. It feels more like, like I said, like I'm developing a friendship with it and I'm hoping it gets warmer with time. Yeah, 
so right now my relationship with my wound as you said is very much growing a baby <laughs> so there is a lot of attention put in that center and this is my second child so there's um, more so attention in my wound space than last time I'm finding this is um, our planned last child as well and so I feel like there's a very special connection um, in this pregnancy of cherishing every moment and I take moments throughout the day multiple times to really check in lie down feel into my belly feel into my womb um, and create that connection um, I have had uh, in my own experience for this pregnancy, I've chosen uh, a wild pregnancy, and so that has, in, in my opinion, I feel I'm connected way more to that space, not externally, but internally, and it, it allows me to, to check in even deeper, because I don't have an external validation, and check in and communicate with my baby in my womb, communicate to my body, how am I feeling? Um, for people who don't know, will you tell us what a wild pregnancy is? Yeah, of course. So wild pregnancy for me is um, not using medical intervention. So I have chosen, had an educated decision to not um, have any scans, uh, ultrasound scans uh, at all in my pregnancy. I didn't even take a pregnancy test. <laughs> because of the work I do. I'm lucky enough to know that there's another way to know I'm pregnant um, using charting, but also I knew as soon, it, because I knew I wasn't going to be taking a test. Um, again, it, it allowed me to step deeper into my body and really feel the changes. And I can tell you, <laughs> I was sitting there about, it would have been about a week after conception, and I could feel a life force in my womb. It's like, I, if I could picture it, I felt this beaming white light inside my womb and, and I knew. But then of course you allow doubt, well maybe not, you know, you don't want to get disappointed. Um, it might not be the case, but it was that initial knowing and then it was just built upon. And that was really beautiful. So yeah, while pregnancy for me is, yeah, not seeking outside validation, on what's going on in my body. Um, but of course, within that, if I'm feeling something in my body that's not quite right, then I can I still reach out if I need to. But I am in my third trimester now, 31 weeks from Friday, and I haven't felt I needed to reach out at all. That's been beautiful. So I never felt I had a huge connection with my womb space as an adolescent, as a young woman. Um, I only really feel like I have gained that connection through through um, menstrual awareness. So when I our first child was a surprise baby, and once um, I had him in my womb, that was that first connection, my womb space, where attention was put there. And after he was birthed, I was an awe of woman and this creative centre that we have. Um, or birthing people that have that that we have if we wish to use it in that way and of course you don't have to you can birth other things into your life 
um, but for me that was when the connection really started and that led me onto the path of fertility awareness and the more I learned about the cycle that menstruating people have is the more I was just in awe again of how how we, how we can fluctuate so so you know throughout our cycle we feel different throughout each day and it helps you put the pieces together more so um, on how I was feeling on the inside and how that's reflected on the outside and I think that connection of menstrual awareness allowed me to put the pieces together whereas before I felt like um, you're just fitting in to like um into like a, a, a hole that doesn't fit right they're pushing a square peg into a round hole and and there was something wasn't feeling right and um and you felt like you needed to feel the same way every day kind of like a masculine world and when this feminine world um and knowing came about i was like well of course and being able to live in, in that that principal way and having that understanding and then surrounding yourself with other people that are doing that as well is very empowering because then you can step into your power um, and know when you need to rest. Yeah. And that's a huge part. Uh, lately, for sure, I'm discovering uh, my womb, also my vagina, uh, in a different way. I'm doing more ritual in my life, mm. uh, more, um, yeah, inner work where, in a sense, I feel like um, sending my intention to the universe or trying to manifest something. And I connect to this area when I'm doing that. Um, and I feel a lot of strength when I do that and my voice is also part of this relationship I feel it's a triangle the, the voice and the womb space and the heart as well I feel um, awakening my womb space awakens my voice and my voice has been very important in my transformation journey so I feel that I'm releasing both at the same time or the same blocks are in those two spaces yeah and then obviously my orgasms are uh, very insightful they give me a lot of cues to my sense of embodiment and primal the primal woman in me um i'm definitely connecting to my tantric side recently a lot and i'm discovering a power that i never knew i had before or i knew i had when i um when i delivered my child but it wasn't uh related to sexuality as much as to uh, a female body, a procreating body, you know, uh, 
And now it's also pleasurable body at the same time. And from the same space, so the space that creates life and brings pleasure. And yeah, I even feel drawn to tell this story to my daughter as soon as possible. It's the place where life is born. It's a portal of creation that connects the infinite to the material. And it's such a special gateway that, you know, has been so systemically um, suppressed and, um, yeah, very wounded throughout the centuries of patriarchal domination and all of the things that went along with that within health and people's connection to their own bodies so there's just so much there you know if you look at how you know mainstream western society tells us to relate to our womb it's like this dirty thing that we're not supposed to talk about we're not supposed to you know have a relationship with and you know we're supposed to just put it away not really have a relationship to what feels good to us i feel like how i came to my understanding of the womb and how i relate to it um has come about a lot through my relationship to plant medicine um, and ceremony and ritual and honoring the cycles you know really going into a a deep experience like a, like that with the intention of connecting to my womb and then feeling so much pain in my womb when I'm really listening and then also like asking what that pain means and then getting these visions of um you know things that have happened to my ancestors such as like the witch burnings and um you know just yeah just like really intense imagery that's really traumatic <laughs> and then having had people that ha can be have been teachers for me helping me understand and digest those things and helping me transmute that energy and helping me move that energy up instead of just sitting with so much energy and pain stuck within my womb space but learning how to transmute it and um a lot of that has been through breath work and then having the affirmation of like oh i just moved through a lot within my womb and then like starting my period the next day i feel like as we were breathing into our wombs. Just at the beginning of the call, I was just like being with embers pacing around the room and sort of like the chaos of my day and the way that it felt like my womb can just hold all of that 
um, like how it's just like such a bowl in there <laughs> for like everything, just like the earth. It felt like in the moment mm-hmm. and um, I think just relating to that place in my body as both a physical place and a place of so much spiritual symbology but it being like within is such a unique and special feeling when I take the time to bring my awareness there it feels so timeless having a womb yeah and it's like so easy to so easily connect with ancestors and unborn children I think through that place such an obvious portal of birth and cycles and I think just like getting to house that is really cool (laughs) This whole project has been just magical for me. It's been really nice for me to connect with both friends and people that I didn't know until we spoke. Um, And just to hear about the really wide range of ways that different people experience their own relationships with their wombs. Um, I think for me, even just within the time span of working on this project, I've personally experienced a wide range of um, qualities in my relationship with my own womb. So I'll, I'll share a little bit about that. Um, I began to explore my relationship with my womb. I think it started by exploring my relationship with the moon and with moon magic and with beginning to relate to the moon cycle, um, to my moon cycle as well as to the cycle of the moon and just really fell in love with cycles when I was probably 16, 17. And when I was like 18, I realized how um, how the menstrual cycle has so much magic that is really a repressed magic. And so at that time, it became a menstrual cup distributor and started reading about red tents and hosting red tents and getting really excited about this work and since then I've been studying it from kind of a um from my own spiritual perspective as well as from a healthcare perspective I'm 23 now for context and I've actually always wanted uh, from a very young age to work in female reproductive health um, and 
as well as to be an herbalist, and now I'm studying botanical medicine for female reproductive health uh, with Aviva Ram, which is really exciting. Um, I think that over the years since I've gotten really excited about this stuff, I have been able to source a lot of my power from my womb and and guidance, source guidance from my womb, and that's something I practice um, regularly, is just rooting into that space um, and cultivating that space to feel like somewhere I can return to again and again and get different needs met. And I think sometimes it feels like a flower sometimes it feels like a well or an ocean or a river I can feel connected to my mother line through it and it can feel very starry um, it can feel like the moon is reflected in it sometimes when I'm looking at the moon sometimes it feels like a grand temple um, made of flowers and walls of water and light pouring in and altars with a high priestess that I can go visit and talk to. Sometimes it feels very pink and delicious. Sometimes it feels just like a small, sweet pink pouch that's covered in flowers and has a glow to it and just knowing it's there being its sweet pouch-shaped self just makes me happy and other times it feels like a um like a dark like soil or a cave somewhere dark and safe and I think um when I said I return to that space every day I would just say that happens sometimes I have waves of I had a whole wave where every day I went to my womb and asked, what kind of flower are you today? And then I'd get an image of a kind of flower and sometimes a message, and I could work with the image that day. And I had a whole wave where every day I went to the temple and asked my questions to the high priestess. Um, and then those waves will subside and they'll come and go. And sometimes I don't feel connected to my womb, um, or at least the connection's different. But for me, it it does always feel like a part of my path as a certain level of devotion to the womb. And personally, um, my spiritual path feels like earth-based goddess spirituality, so... Um, and Judaism, but so my connection to the womb feels very rooted in my sense of spirituality. And I feel devoted to caring for wombs and for people with wombs and sharing about the power of wombs and the stories of people with wombs. But how that looks um, day to day can be really different. Within the span of time that it took me to create this show, I experienced 
a pretty big trauma of losing my home in the Alameda fire um, back in early September. And I had to take three weeks off from working on this project because I felt a lot of that pain in my womb and I felt really disconnected to my womb. So before we close for today, I'm going to just play you a clip of me um, speaking from that place three weeks after the fire and my own story of, of disconnection and reconnection to my womb. And I'll just say that since then, working on this project has been my connection with my womb. Um, and it's been healing that connection just slowly in a way that feels slow and easy. Just celebrating like the universal womb and celebrating all of our wombs through these stories has helped me just gently feel more and more of a release um, when it comes to my womb. So here is one of my stories from the cave. Stories from the cave. The cave in each of us. The cave we all came from. Telling stories from the cave tonight. I've been having a lot of resistance to working on this project. This is my first night working on it again. It's been three weeks since the fire. I took my home, my own cave, my own womb has felt locked. Didn't specifically have to do with my womb, but there's just something about the womb. It stores these things. I think she's been storing my fear for me. But I'm taking baby steps. Just kind of naming that. That it's felt stuck. And cold. And closed. Is helpful. Different for me from how it usually feels. I usually, I used to have a pretty free-flowing relationship mm. where it felt like a creative, juicy place that I could just tap into anytime and receive energy and wisdom and guidance, creative energy. Mm. Yeah, but I haven't been able to do that. It's felt painful when I try and tap in there. Last night, I just put a lot of intention into giving my womb warmth. It felt really cold. It felt really cold, and I just was sending it warming energy. And today I was just talking to it, thanking, thanking it for storing my fear and keeping my fear safe so that I don't have to feel it all at once. I'm just going to read this journal entry that I wrote today. Feeling oh so tender, ushy gushy with my sweet womb. She got locked shut. 
who is holding my fear, who is cold and quiet, who needs love, is doing the wild work of storing my fear and letting me process it only when I'm ready to do so. Wow, thank you. Want to be soft with her? Give her space. Give her the utmost respect. No sex right now. Nope. Warmth. Not attention if she isn't ready for it. I can appreciate her from afar and hold space for her story and try to let her healing be a part of this project and not let this project hurt her by using any force. Letting this project, letting this process add deep tenderness to this project. Add a slowness and easiness and inclusivity to this project that my womb deserves, that all wombs deserve. A deeper respect that this project deserves because fear and tenderness is a part of womb stories. Stories from the cave. Let her soft voice guide, soften this project. Let this project soften to heal, not hurt her. To heal, not hurt the tenderest, coldest, shuddest wounds. So listener, uh, thank you for hearing my story, um, which felt really vulnerable to share. And thank you to all my guests for sharing so vulnerably with me in the next episode I'll share different ways that I connect to my womb and ways that I care for my womb and you'll hear many other people and all of their care practices and we will also be talking about um sex and self-pleasure and contraception as part of womb care in that episode. In the final episode, you'll hear myself and many other people share about bleeding and care practices, magic practices associated with bleeding, and just what that experience is like for us. So share this podcast with a friend that you think would also feel inspired by it. Go follow me on Instagram for updates at Fayanaya, so F-A-E-A-N-A-Y-A, and look in the show notes for the accompanying ebook um, instructions on how to get your copy of that. Additionally, I will link up the GoFundMe. Uh, which I will ask that if you are a white person listening to this podcast, um, then go ahead and make a donation to this fund of 5 to $15 per episode if you are able to. And here is why. The history of reproductive health care is full of horrors and is deeply intertwined with racism. Today, we still see racism play out in the governing of female bodies and in institutions that interact with reproductive health care. Menstruation and births are not processes that are honored in this country, no matter your race or class, but this does not affect us all equally. The maternal mortality rate in the United States, where this podcast was recorded, 
is three and a half times higher in black birthing people than in white birthing people. According to the Black Women's Health Imperative, 50% of low-income bleeding people that were surveyed had to choose between food and menstrual products in this past year. This podcast is not specifically about all the disparities that exist within female reproductive health care. Many of the voices, including my own, are speaking from a place of great privilege. If you are a person who benefits from privilege in this country, you know having a womb can be complicated enough without the added layers of racism or lack of access. That is why I've created a GoFundMe associated with this podcast. The funds will be distributed equally to three organizations working across the country to provide menstrual products and reproductive health care services to black and low-income female-bodied folks across the country. If you are a person who benefits from white privilege or class privilege and you enjoyed listening and felt inspired by these stories, please make a donation to this fund, which will be linked up in the show notes. I would recommend donating $5 to $15 per episode. These donations will go to the Positive Period Project from the Black Women's Health Imperative, the Mobile Healing Unit, Sista Van, from the Black Women's Blueprint Organization, as well as the Black Women's Birthing Justice Organization. At the end of January 2021, the GoFundMe will be closed and the funds will be distributed to the organizations that I listed. If you are listening to this broadcast after that, I would still very much encourage you to give a donation to one or more of these beautiful initiatives. All right, everybody, take care. Thanks for being here, and I will see you next week.